Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jamie Creel with Shelter Insurance. Come see how we've built a name that you can trust and why it is a must to get your free quote today with our Switch and Save. Located in Ridgeland and Florida, Mississippi, give us a call, 601-992-6000. You're listening to the Rebel Report Podcast, where it's all Ole Miss all the time. Here's your host, Michael Borky. Welcome in, everybody, to the Rebel Report on this Monday. My name is Michael Borky. Glad that you are with me. So we did the uh, the live chat last night. Appreciate some of you hanging out there. If you missed it, that's what I'm bringing to you right now. An hour's worth of talk. Ole Miss, uh, a lot of Ole Miss Vanderbilt and just general uh, Old Miss conversation, uh, to be frank with you. So uh, a lot of good stuff there. We did talk a good. There were some state fans in the chat as well. Talked uh, some some Mississippi State and the prospect of possibly uh, firing Zach Arnett and, and what that looks like and the pros and cons and the risks and all that. So it was a really good conversation. Of course, as always, really heavy Old Miss. So uh, appreciate you guys checking out the post game. Uh, if you haven't already, the immediate post Vanderbilt thoughts are available for you like just one episode down on the feed. So if you missed that, that is there for you. But again, here's an hour's worth of, uh, of conversation for you as well. And then uh, we're going to turn the page over to Texas A&M, a vital game for Ole Miss this weekend. Uh, huge opportunity, a, a real opportunity for Ole Miss this weekend. Should be a great environment, should be awesome weather, at least I think. Here, why not? I haven't checked the weather forecast in Oxford in a while and given you guys that update because apparently I think that you don't have iPhones or anything like that. But Saturday, oh my gosh, guys, are you kidding me? High of 71 and full sun. Uh, for that game on Saturday. The weather's going to be stunning. The atmosphere is going to be great. The game's going to, if it's not already, it will sell out uh, for sure. So that's going to be an awesome day of football on Saturday. We're going to spend the week talking about that. And then uh, basketball. I, I guess the exhibition is tonight, I believe. And so basketball season's pretty much here. And we'll talk uh, about the fact that uh, the season's about to begin and uh, the NCAA has not ruled, not only on Ole Miss's two waiver requests, but a ton uh, across the landscape of college basketball. What a joke of an organization the NCAA is. NCAA is. They, they, they say and they claim that they care about the student-athletes, and that's what they're there for, and their mental health and their, their well-being. But you've got college kids all over the country who have spent all offseason working their asses off, forgive my language, but that's what they've done all offseason, getting ready for a season that they're still not sure if they're going to be able to play in. It is ridiculous, and that doesn't just apply to, to Ole Miss. It's anybody in college basketball that is waiting for a waiver and still doesn't know if they've got it yet. It is an absurdity, but that is the NCAA. I can't believe that we just sit back and let them govern college sports with how they handle it. It's a joke, and Ole Miss basketball is, is waiting on two very important waivers. There's not a whole lot of confidence that they're going to get them, but the fact that they don't have answers on that as they're about to begin their season is really pathetic. But uh, we'll talk about that some this week as well. Don't forget to follow me on social media, at Michael Borky, B-O-R-K-E-Y, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. I am all there, and wherever you get your podcasts, listen to this one. Uh, pull out your favorite podcast app, search Rebel Report, subscribe, leave a rating and a review if you like what you hear. Uh, and if you don't, don't give me a review yet. Let me defend myself in my DMs. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I appreciate you guys, whether or not you love it, like it, or hate it. As long as you're listening, I appreciate you. Before we get into the live chat, I want to remind you that the podcast is brought to you by Advantage Business Systems. Check them out online, absms.com. That's the website, absms.com. If you're in the market for office technology and your business is anywhere in Mississippi, absms.com is the website. Tell them I sent you. You'll get a complimentary office technology assessment. So you tell them what you need, what your budget is, and they will find a solution for you on me. For all of your office technology needs, absms.com. The podcast is also brought to you by Priority One Bank. Let them make you their priority. They've got 16 locations here in the state of Mississippi, so there's likely one in your backyard like there's one uh, right in my backyard. You can conveniently manage, conveniently manage, professional talker, can't talk. All of your Priority One bank accounts from anywhere, as long as you have internet access, their online banking and bill pay service, uh, they let you do more than just check your balances. You can transfer funds, make payments, set alerts, and more. It's a one-stop shop. 
as long as you have your internet connection, you don't need multiple apps to manage your money like I used to uh, at my previous bank. Priority One Bank makes you their priority. All right, no more time wasting. Here it is, the uh, the live chat, an hour's worth of uh, football talk, mostly. Anyway, somebody brings up the baseball scrimmage. I, I didn't watch it, to tell you the truth, because I wasn't, you know, it's not streamed anywhere. Uh, but other than that, it's an hour's worth of football talk coming your way right now. We're here to talk about football. Uh, Ole Miss wins. They coast past Vanderbilt. Uh, that's what I'm going to call it, because uh, there are there are some people that are, like, going to kind of read a lot into like every play and like break down the Vanderbilt game. And um, you, you can call it lazy if you want. I mean, I guess that that would be a fair criticism. I don't think that that is worth your time, quite frankly. I don't think that anybody uh, that that is an Ole Miss fan wants anybody to break down the Vanderbilt game. Frankly, it was a boring football game as it was going, always going to be. It was a game where the biggest takeaway is health. They got out to a big lead, and it was 26 to nothing. They were in complete and total dominating control, and they coasted because they played a more important game the week prior, and they've got a very, very important game coming up on Saturday in Georgia two weeks away. They got up big, and they coasted. I don't think it's worth your time, quite frankly, to break that game down. I think what what needs to happen with Ole Miss now is, is move the conversation forward. Talk about AM, talk about the rest of the season. Nobody got hurt. I mean, I guess there's questions about Dart's health. Uh, like if he's a hundred percent and you know, did the, the post-game podcast and talked about that a little bit where, you know, if he's not a hundred percent, why the hell is he dunking a basketball on the sideline? But either way, um, nobody got hurt. They they coasted uh clearly, very clearly got up to a big lead and decided that was enough. Uh, I mean, you you can even argue that the coaches were screwing around a little bit with their red zone packages with Pegues at quarterback and Spencer Sanders at wide receiver. Uh, but that's, to me, that that's all you can say about that game, really, is that they won. They well, jumped out of the gate early, jumped all over them, and coasted to the finish. All eyes should be ahead instead of backwards. If we're still talking about the Vanderbilt game I mean, we have to do it on the radio show tomorrow, of course, because of course we do. It's the first time that audience will hear thoughts on that game. But if we're still talking about Vanderbilt after, you know, the first few segments of tomorrow's show, I think we're doing it wrong. All eyes from Ole Miss need to be forward. Breaking down that game and stuff, frankly, I think it's a waste of your time because you shouldn't care. On the flip side, uh, Mississippi State. Um. So, number one, there's a report floating around that I don't buy. I I know it's fun for fans around the SEC to kind of pick at it, but a guy who goes by Mike G on Twitter, he does have a blue check mark, but that doesn't mean anything anymore. His bio says Auburn football, basketball, and sports talk co-founder and show host of The War Report, which is um, a thing – titled Auburn Sports from a Fan Perspective. So um, you should already take that for what it's worth. But anyway, the the report says, per a source, Auburn's defense caught on to Mississippi State's calls early in Saturday's game. Any call that started with a certain letter was a run play, and they figured it out by the second quarter. Mississippi State kept on doing it. And people are kind of running with it and having fun with it and, and whatever, but um, if that is actually the case, then Auburn having like they knew what the plays were going to be, apparently, according to this guy, and performed worse after they knew that because Mississippi State's offense moved the football much better in the second half than they did the first. So if Auburn knew their signals or, or knew the plays and knew the calls, they then performed worse after they you kind of see what I'm getting at. So, I, I mean, state lost, and and there's there's hard conversations that need to be had moving forward. It's it's all bad right now with Mississippi State. Frankly, uh, recruiting's not going well. This team is going to lose a lot of players. Um, Portal has not been something that they have as a program projected to be something that they are willing to go heavy into. Maybe that changes out of desperation or whatever, but. Um, you know, there's a lot of hard conversations that need to be had about Mississippi State football right now. But I, I do think that 
uh, if you're going to believe, what is it, Mike G and that report, you then have to believe that Auburn got worse when they knew what Mississippi State's signals were. So that really just doesn't hold up under scrutiny at all. However, uh, losing that game the way they did um, is just, it's another, um, it, it just, it makes you wonder, um, frankly, how the administration feels about program direction and and what kind of message a change would send. Now, there's still games left, you know, you, you, you can beat Southern Miss and then beat Ole Miss, and then the fans would feel differently about you than if you lost to Ole Miss at the end of the year. I mean, they, they play Kentucky this weekend, who just lost to Tennessee, and although Devin Leary just had his best game, like it, it's not quote-unquote over uh, yet by any stretch, but um, it, it, nothing got better. I mean, I know they beat Arkansas, but now, I think now that now we've learned that while winning games on the road in the SEC West is always a good thing and you take them, uh, we have now officially learned that that was far more about Arkansas than it was Mississippi State, frankly. And um, the, the way they played, the way they got out of the gate Saturday was, um, it's it's hard, it's a very difficult, very difficult product to consume right now with Mississippi State. Recruiting's not going particularly well. And, and those kind of conversations, I mean, especially if they lose to Kentucky this weekend. And, and look, if they beat Kentucky, then this can drag on for a few more weeks. But th- there is legitimate concern about uh, program direction already. Uh, I mean, not even, I mean, they're eight games into the, into year one. So they're, they're fair questions to ask, frankly. Um, you also have to wonder what kind of message it, it would send firing a first year coach after you fired a second year coach recently as well. And what kind of message that would send. I know it's a unique circumstance, but but still, I mean, there, there's a lot of, of things to discuss right now about Mississippi State football, and none of which is good. At least with like Billy Napier at Florida, Florida fans have been disappointed with how it's gone so far. Now the team's looking better this year uh, than they did at the beginning anyway, but they're recruiting well. There's something to point to. South Carolina's kind of a disaster right now, but I mean, look at their commitment list. There, there's something at least to say that, you know, it's not a – the team on the field is not particularly good, but there is an influx of talent coming. That is not the same thing that you can say currently uh, about state. So that loss really just put a magnifying glass on everything that is going on, and, and none of it is particularly good. So there's a lot to discuss there, and uh, we'll chat for the next uh, 30, 45 minutes or so and see what you guys have to say. So here we go. Not a fan of the phrase, the disrespect is unreal, but the disrespect is unreal when it comes to ranking Ole Miss. I don't know if I'd necessarily agree with that. Um, the the Pac-12 is overinflated at the moment. Uh, the AP poll also doesn't matter anymore because the college football rankings, uh, playoff rankings, will come out on Tuesday. But I mean, they're they're about to be a top ten team. You know, it's they just keep winning and, and everything will take care of itself. I, I don't. I mean, the AP poll having Oklahoma ahead of them, frankly, is stupid. It, it is, but that poll is utterly useless uh, now. It's completely. And, and totally useless. So uh, don't worry about it. Uh, I think the coaches got it right. I think them being at number 10 at the moment is, is an appropriate ranking for whatever that's worth. Hopefully the playoff rankings correct this nonsense. Ole Miss is better than Oklahoma and Penn State. I definitely agree with the Penn State line uh, for sure. I think if Ole Miss and Penn State played today, Ole Miss would win. Uh, I truly believe that. Penn State is really just anti-explosive uh, on offense. Uh, they don't have great quarterback play. Frankly, weapons aren't um, – what you're even used to seeing from Penn State. It's a good team, not a great team. I, I think that if they played on a neutral site right now, Ole Miss would win. I'm not as confident saying that about Oklahoma, but um, they should be ranked ahead of them at the moment, regardless of what I think about how it looks on the field or how it would play out on the field. I do think based on body of work, resume, whatever, then yes. Um, I do think that Ole Miss has played a more difficult schedule to this point. They have more quality wins. So the Ole Miss defense is quickly becoming one of the better units in the league. Now three impressive performances in a row, and Vandy's only points were aided by a penalty on a third down sack. Yeah, and as Barrett Salee tweeted something about that, and his mentions are filled with, well, they only played uh, Arkansas and Vanderbilt. And uh, yes, they – 
does everybody else only play good teams though? I mean, that's what's so stupid about criticism like that is it's a defense that ranks among the top in explosive plays and havoc and turnovers. They get tackles for loss, they get sacks, they turn the ball over and they are among the best in the country in all of those categories. And that has been the case for weeks now. And it's been the case since before they played Vanderbilt, for example. Yes, Pete Golding is doing a phenomenal job. And I do think they are limited personnel-wise in spots. But as I said on the podcast earlier today, what what is impressive about Ole Miss's defense is it appears to be one that, frankly, makes very little mistakes. They, they appear to... Uh, to be in the right spot often. They they don't screw up very often. Uh, they're explosive. They're lacking uh, some some athleticism in spots. But I I just I they, they don't blow coverages. They don't miss tackles much. They are usually in the right spot. That speaks to two things. It speaks to uh, maturity, smart football players, and good coaching. You know, it's both of those things. It's a credit both to the coaches and the players. Their portal strategy with who they added on defense, we talked about it this summer, and I brought it up on the radio show as well. It kind of was an underrated talking point going into the season. They didn't just take like the one-year Texas A&M reject or, or whatever. They they have a bunch of guys on that defense that have played a ton of football, multi-year guys at Miami of Ohio and Liberty and uh, a guy that was at Alabama for years and a guy that was at James Madison for years and that is what they added on defense. Guy was at Louisville for years and UCF for years. That That's your difference, is they are a mature football team, a smart football team that is also very well coached. Both of those things are, uh, are, are true. By Spencer Sanders picking Ole Miss over Auburn, how bad does this hurt his NFL career? Uh, frankly, I don't think that – I don't think it changes much, uh, to be honest. Uh, the, the NFL, not saying that you're doing this. I just Ole, Ole Miss fans, some Ole Miss fans going into the season, really overinflated what kind of quarterback Spencer Sanders was. Good college quarterback turns it turned it over way too much. Was really really inconsistent. Um, what wasn't a guy that you would think would be like a surefire you know, NFL player. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm sure I'm certain that he could end up on a roster. Um, I'm certain about that. But in terms of like being a starter and, and playing and being a high level prospect, he, he doesn't have, doesn't have that. Um, never did at Oklahoma state. I mean, he played well there. It's just, the NFL is a totally different animal. And, um, you know, I, I don't think it was uh, going to be a thing that was going to be a long-term answer anyway but you're not a fire the coach guy especially not one in year one and also not at the second worst job in the sec but selma needs to start making phone calls and at least seeing what's out there that's what i would be doing if i were him uh chase frankly is is kind of gauging the market because you don't want to pull the trigger on moving on from a guy in year one after you recently moved on from a guy after year two uh, without really having something basically solid in place. You don't want to fire him and then get said no to a bunch of times. Because this is kind of a weird year in, in coaching search land anyway. I mean, how many surefire, you know, like slam dunk, oh, this is a coach you got to go get prospects are, are out there anyway. Uh, you, you know, uh is is Kane Womack attractive at the moment for for an SEC program considering that his his team has struggled a little bit this year compared to last year? I, I no disrespect intended. Lance Leopold is going to have um, I, I think uh, a, a I think if Texas A and M is smart, that's who they go after and throw the entire bank at. So you you might have to be competing with somebody like an A and M or hell possibly even a Michigan. Uh, to get a guy like that, and and I wouldn't I wouldn't like you know state's odds in, in, in that fight, um, and and I again I don't I don't think anybody could take that disrespectfully. It's just the truth. I mean, if if you're a coach and you're given Texas A&M or Michigan's resources versus Mississippi State's, well that's that's where you go. That's just reality. So uh, aside from Leopold, you know who's out there? Uh, I, I mean, is Tom Herman somebody that would make that jump to state? Possibly. 
I, I, I suppose that he would want to get back into the SEC. Maybe I, I, that's the thing. Who, who is out there? The Oregon State coach would be interesting. I assume he's probably looking to get out, and he's really running a good program up there. Um, you're not getting DeBoer out of Washington. I had a state fan ask me about that. That's you're that's not happening. Uh, so, yeah, gauge the market. See what kind of re- reception you get before you do make a decision like that. Because without, you know, there, there's a chance that you could really damage the way people look at your job if you do this. There's a chance that that is the case. I think it's an oversimplification just to say, well, it's an SEC job. You'll get somebody. Like, is that a goal in a coaching search? Just get somebody, you know? I mean, you just change for the, for change's sake. I, I don't know if that's necessarily the right answer either. So it, it's a difficult situation that they're in right now. But it, it's it's very clear, everybody's got eyes, that right now um, they are not coached well enough to win games in the SEC. And right now recruiting's not going well enough to rectify that situation. So they're in a tough spot. I do not envy Zach Selman today uh, at all. And I just, I don't know how much, how he's handled the baseball program can, can be a precedent for how you think he's going to handle the football program. You know, giving, giving Lamonis another year is not the same thing as football. It's very different when it's a sport that loses money versus the sport that funds everything else. Late to the party. Glad you're here anyway. State is staring five and seven in the face if Kentucky just shows up in Starkville. Yeah, bad timing too because Leary did play his best game of the year yesterday. And now that's that's when he's going to Starkville is when he's good. He should at least, you know, ride some confidence even though they lost the game because he did play pretty well yesterday. With Arnett's built-in parachute and what's essentially a full roster flip next year, if you can get a guy like... If you can get a guy you like, I don't see it being a big deal in this particular scenario to start the rebuild now. Well, no, financially, it's not a big deal at all. It, it's it, Financially, it's not a big deal. State can absolutely afford it. I mean, it's nothing. They're, they're, the contract is not a hindrance. It's, you know, who you could replace him with. That, that, is, that is the hindrance. Is, if, is it really worth – is it worth it? If you can't get a guy you like, so gauge the market now. I mean, they they all do that anyway. But yeah, I'd be I'd be working hard if I were Selman, literally right now, putting feelers out behind the scenes and just kind of seeing what the reception is to hey, if we move on from him, what would your interest level be? That's what I would be doing this week if I were Zach Selman. Doesn't mean you make a change or anything. You could be again, you could be Kentucky and settle things down, but. That's what I would be doing this week. You weren't impressed by AM at all on Saturday. Don't know how much they score on the Ole Miss defense. They're really bad up front on the offensive line. Uh, I'm surprised Max Johnson, Max Johnson survived that game. I don't know if he's 100% healthy anyway. But this is an AM team that has a group of wide receivers that's really good. Really good. Um, a lot of talent there. whole lot of talent on the defensive line. Uh, and Ole Miss has had protection. I mean, Ole Miss had protection issues yesterday. So they, they haven't really kept defensive fronts off of Dart uh, particularly well, or at least as good as you would hope that they would. But no, I think at times that they've been bad in protection. And so here comes this A&M team with a very talented defensive front. That's why, look, I know what their record is, and I know what people think about A&M. I know what I think about A&M. But I do know that they are talented. And the odds makers having that line, what it is, is telling you that, you know, it's it's a tough matchup for Ole Miss. They're really good up front. They've got really fast, explosive wide receivers. Um, even though it's ele- at 11 a.m., you're, you're happy that game's at home, of course. Certainly a game that they should win if they play well. But we'll, we'll see if they can put four quarters of, uh, of good football together. Um, but, yeah, they uh, – They've got enough that should, quote-unquote, worry uh, Ole Miss fans. It's not going to be a cakewalk, I don't think. If it is a cakewalk, then that's a really impressive performance. What state fans on the Bird app don't want to hear, none of your favorite candidates are going to want to take the job without a Brinks truck. It's a top-to-bottom, rip-down-to-studs rebuild. Yeah. No doubt. I mean, the, the, the half the roster is going to be gone. Quarterback's going to be gone. 
that the the what you're going to inherit in terms of a recruiting class is not something that you're excited about. Has Ole Miss started seeing a return on the investment into Kiffin, Golding, et cetera, contracts, or will that take multiple years of success? They're already seeing a return on that, 100%. I mean, the, the A&M game is going to be sold out, and so they will have had um, – I know the Vanderbilt game didn't sell out because Vanderbilt brought like 175 people to the game, so like their sections were a little bit empty, but there were still over uh, what 58,000 people there. So you had – You've had a sellout with Georgia Tech, LSU, Arkansas, basically one with Vanderbilt. You're going to get one on Saturday. I mean, the, the economic impact that the, this kind of team is already having, yes, it's it's absolutely paying off already financially. 26 to nothing lead, then vanilla after that. I agree. I, I agree. I mean, I, I think you could physically see that they kind of shut it down uh, after they built that lead. Uh, the only... The only negative, and I said this to, to the podcast audience earlier today, so forgive the repetition, but uh, the only downside to, to what happened is that you didn't get to give a bunch of reps to like Aiden Williams and Walker Howard didn't get to play because they kind of shut it down and played with their food for a while. Um, you know, the starters had to kind of just because it was it was never in doubt, but it was close enough to where you couldn't just start really screwing around. Uh, that, that's the only downside to uh, to yesterday because nobody got hurt. There we go, unmuted. At least to my knowledge, uh, anyway, nobody got hurt, and so you know, that's all. That's all, Justin. That that's all there is to take away from this game. Piggy scored on that wildcat play. He was robbed for sure, no doubt, no doubt. People are completely delusional to think Leopold is a viable candidate. Kansas today is a better job. This is coming from a state fan, by the way. He's leaving that job to fill a Lanning, Harbaugh, et cetera, type replacement role if they leave. Yeah, if I'm Texas A&M, I'm throwing the bank at him, too. And if I'm an SEC team, I want him to tell Texas A&M no. Um, I think he's a Midwestern guy, isn't he? Let's see. I I believe so. If I'm him, I am really, really – lobbying behind the scenes for the Michigan job, if I were him. Yeah, he uh, played at Wisconsin-Whitewater. He's from Jefferson, Wisconsin. His coaching career is Whitewater, Whitewater, Whitewater. He was a GA at Wisconsin, Nebraska, Nebraska-Omaha, back to Whitewater, Buffalo, and Kansas. Yeah, he's a Midwestern guy. Uh, so if I if I were him, uh, Michigan is is a job that I am very much lobbying for and, and letting the people at Michigan know that, hey – you, you move on from that cheater, and I will bring my uber exciting offense to Ann Arbor, and I will win a bunch of football games. That's what I'm doing if I were him behind the scenes. But A&M should throw the brings truck at him. I mean, now you're also, uh, Chase, you're going to possibly, and I don't think possibly, be doing this as well with Arkansas. You know, it's it's not just A&M that's going to possibly be open, but there's there's Arkansas as uh, as well that you assume is going to be moving on from Sam Pittman as well. Maybe they don't, but it certainly feels like that is that is coming. And so, you know, two teams in your division, which that's about to go away, but as of right now, it's still your division, also looking for coaches when you're firing a guy after one year. Not ideal. It's harsh to say, but the current trajectory with Arnett and State is starting is staring irrelevancy in the face for this year and for 2024. Something has to be done or they're in serious danger. Imagine what their defense is going to look like next year after they lose all of their seniors. Enjoy the content, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate you. I'm glad you're uh, glad you're here. If I were a State fan, Saturday is unacceptable and downright embarrassing. I mean, I, I, the the broadcast said. I mean, multiple times. Where has this Auburn offense been? I know they have to do that because they're calling the game, but guys, I, I can tell you where that Auburn offense has been. It, it's been playing better defenses than the one that they saw Saturday. Um, again, the second half it got better for State in the second half. They played, uh, they played much closer and, and much better, and they moved the football a little bit and. Um, But still, 
does Ole Miss have a big chance to upset the Georgia Bulldogs? Uh, let's – got to get by AM first, of course. I don't think it's a 0% chance. I don't think it's a dumb and dumber, one out of 100, no, more like one out of a million, so you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah. No, I don't think it's that. I mean, there, there is a a realistic argument that would say they can win the game. But that, at least coming from me – Other people might do it differently, but I will call that game a free shot where, yes, if you lose, like your playoff hopes are gone, but that was always kind of wishful thinking anyway. That Georgia game will be a free shot. And and especially with who you're playing next week. So it's not like you have to get up again. You have to get by A&M first, but Georgia would get my best shot, a free shot, and losing to Georgia should not by anybody be viewed as quote-unquote bad. It's a free shot. If you lose, you still have two wins against teams that you're – or two games against teams that you're better than on your schedule to win 10 and go back to an access bowl and have a wildly successful season in what was supposed to be a kind of a rebuilding year. And so you would carry such incredible momentum going into the 12-team playoff era, returning so, so much from this year's team to next year's team. This was always supposed to be a bridge year and to win 10 games in a bridge year would be a remarkable accomplishment. So can they win? Sure. But if they don't, it's not bad. Like it's just, it's a free shot. You give them what you got. And if you lose, you lose and you just move on and you beat ULM and win the egg bowl and then go to an access bowl. That, that is how I, I don't want to tell fans how to feel. I don't think that's my job. I don't think that's what my platform is for especially the radio show one, the the much larger one, is to tell fans how to feel. I don't like doing that. You feel how you feel, and I just talk to you about it. But, uh, no, that that Georgia game to me is you go in with the the best feeling as a fan. A win? Great. Like, awesome. Party in the streets. Loss? Whatever. Still, like, everything's okay. That's the best place to be as a fan. So, do I think Pete Golding would take a group of five head coaching job or is, he, or is he happy being the DC and hoping Lane eventually leaves? I don't think Pete Golding will have to take a G5 job. Uh, I, I've said before that I believe that he thinks that he will be, and this is anecdotal, like I, I haven't spoken to Pete, but I do think that, that there's a belief that if slash when Lane leaves, he would be on the very short list of candidates. I know that he has very much impressed a lot of people there with recruiting and how quickly the defense has turned around and stuff like that. Um, I do think he would be on the very short list of candidates if Lane were to leave. And even if Lane doesn't leave for a long time, I don't think he will have to go to the G5 level uh, to, to be given the opportunity to be a head coach. I think that opportunity, his next job will be a power five head coach, I think. Um, unless he's just so desperate to be a head coach that he takes the first chance that he can get. Um, but no, I, I do think that if he plays his cards correctly, his next job will be a power five head coach where that is. We'll see. Frankly, if, if I were a betting person, I would bet on Ole Miss for, for whatever that's worth to, to any of you. Um, but I do think that will be his next job. Any move State makes right now has a good reason to think it's a wrong move. It's possible. Do I think Kiffin kept Walker on the bench because of how late they took Dart out? Yeah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they just they didn't bury they didn't bury Vanderbilt like they should have. They didn't really run the offense like normal with Spencer. Yeah, they were done. I mean, they, they were just they were simply done. Uh, they, they they were done. Uh, they, they they were vanilla. They they didn't care as much. Walker Howard uh, would have played in a perfect world, I think, but he didn't and uh, kind of wasted opportunity. You would expect to see a lot of him with uh, Louisiana Monroe. You agree with me? Move on to Texas A&M. Agreed. There is no, quote, right move for state. I think you make your phone call, see if someone like you like is interested. You can't fire a first-year coach and take a flyer on the eighth on the list coordinator. I agree completely. It's got to be firing with intent, you know what I mean, and not just doing it because it's bad. You've got to do it because you know what you've got for sure. 
What's odd about these cupcake sandwich games is that Lane Kiffin doesn't run the other team off the field to get the backups in. It's more lazy and vanilla play where the game is never in doubt. I thought about that and wondered, you know, why that – I mean, they could have buried Vanderbilt, and they didn't. And, like, why? Why not? Why why does that not happen with him? And part of me wonders if they just – that they simplify everything so much in games like that as to just kind of get through it and move on. And I I think that's mostly what it is. I could be wrong. But, yeah, he – hasn't really just stuck it to these teams. Georgia Tech last year being a, a different uh, animal, I guess. But especially with Vanderbilt, they, they've kind of just not ever like pulled away from Vanderbilt, like immediately just beating their ass, forgive my language, and just carrying that on through uh, through four quarters. Uh, for whatever reason, I don't know. But that's the one downside to uh, to Saturday. Never forget this Vandy team put 20 on Georgia. They were only down 10 in the fourth uh, against Georgia. So, yeah, I'm, you know, they're, they're lacking talent basically everywhere. That uh, that young quarterback, uh, big physical athletic kid, um, really needs to work on things in the passing game. But uh, looks like his his mechanics are all over the place and inconsistent. But he's a big athletic kid for uh, for sure. State has a senior-laden roster, and also you're a threat to lose people like Parsons, Whittemore, et cetera, to the portal. If the trajectory holds, I think it'll go from ugly to catastrophic next year. You know what? Oh, I was about to say something dumb. Maybe it's not dumb. I, I can't help but wonder if it might be better. Mm, no, that's stupid. I was about to say it might be better to let catastrophe happen and then just blow everything up and really start over as opposed to whatever this is about to be, but that's kind of a dumb thing to say. You you can't just punt a football season. That's really stupid. Ole Miss played with a malaise and still beat Vandy worse than anyone else this year. Something to think about. They did. That is, that is very true. Especially, I mean, that was their worst offensive output of the year for whatever that's worth. One problem for State is that the buy-in from the fans looks like it's turned to apathy eight games in, and that's the problem. An apathetic fan base is not going to donate to a collective to help you get portal players to turn the roster around. It's like, it's just a cycle. It's like the team's not very good, so the fans aren't engaged, and if the fans aren't engaged, they won't give money to NIL, and if you don't have NIL money, you can't get the team better, and so the team being bad makes the fans not care, and then, you know, it's just a, it's, it's a circle. And it, I, I don't know how you break the circle. Actually, I do know how you break the circle, but... Um, Anyway, thoughts on Trevor Jackson decommitting? Is that a nod to Jackson possibly returning next year? I don't think so. I, I have a feeling Ole Miss uh, is no longer interested in, in his services. He um, lost his starting job on his high school team. I think that's more what, what it's about, frankly. Ole Miss comes out Saturday playing smart with no penalties. Shouldn't have a problem with Texas A&M. Should beat them at home. I agree that they should, but I, I do think that it's going to be a, a challenge. They're, they're just too talented, uh, especially on the defensive front. That's where I'd be concerned is, again, yesterday Ole Miss didn't protect particularly well yesterday, and you're seeing a much better defensive front six days from now. Uh, that That's the area of concern for me uh, the, this Saturday, looking at that Ole Miss game. Did Lance Leopold have a good audition yesterday? Wonder who's going to get him. If I were Arkansas, I'd be serious about it. My guess right now is Michigan. I, I think that's my guess right now. If I were, but here's the thing about Arkansas, Edward. Does does Leopold need to go to Arkansas? Arkansas has been awful lately, guys. I mean, Arkansas hired Brett Bielema went to three Rose Bowls at Wisconsin, and he sucked at Arkansas. Sucked at Arkansas. Then they hire Chad Morris, and that doesn't work. Then they hire Sam Pittman, and that doesn't work. So they go from Wisconsin's head coach, kind of like a Big Ten guy, meat and potatoes guy, and I'm not talking about his physical appearance, but they they go from him, totally different style in Chad Morris. He didn't work. Different style in Chad Morris doesn't work. Different style in Pittman, again, kind of like Bielema, but, but still doesn't work. If you're Lance Leopold and you've got it, you've you got it rolling at Kansas, they're paying you a ton of money. 
is Arkansas really the job that you're going to risk your career on? Because why do the other guys don't win there? That, that's what, what, People are so, in my business, are so caught up in history when it comes to what they think about jobs. And just the landscape doesn't, it just doesn't, it doesn't matter anymore. What, what is Arkansas right now? I mean, they're one good hire away from being good again, but so is everybody else in the SEC. Everybody else in the SEC in the Big Ten is just one hire away, pretty much. I mean, Vanderbilt's not, Northwestern's not, but you guys get my point. From, from being nationally competitive. I, I don't think Arkansas has inherent advantages over anybody in the SEC anymore, not named Vanderbilt. There is very, in Arkansas people, this would drive them crazy, but the, the numbers on the field, like the results, tell me that I'm right. Because Arkansas people would tell you that they're a better job than Missouri. Well, why is Missouri a better football team than yours? Why have they been a better program than yours? Why has Ole Miss been a better program than yours? Why has Mississippi State been a better program than yours? If you have all these advantages and it's such a better job, then why does Ole Miss, why are they where they are? And why are you where you are? And why have you been where you've been? The, the college football playoff era is, this will be year nine, and they would have never played in an access bowl. And Ole Miss is about to play in their fourth, possibly. So why is that? Why is that a better job? Somebody tell me that. I think the landscape has changed so much, and then people in my business haven't caught up to that yet. Because I think Arkansas is better than Kansas, but how much better? Things have changed, man, and they changed fast, and people haven't caught up yet. Mike Elko is also a big candidate. I would assume that he is lobbying behind the scenes for that A and M job. They could do a hell of a lot worse. This team is tough, man. With Michigan pulling Harbaugh's new future contract, do I think that that's the possible first step in his exit? I do not expect Jim Harbaugh back at Michigan next year. I don't know if you can get past this. And if you're him, I don't know if you're sticking around in college football. However, the NFL apparently is not going to be too keen on welcoming him with open arms without uh, penalizing him either. So, Someone walked onto the job with a hired football coach one year off of a baseball title, hoping 21 was a fluke and a new men's and women's basketball coach. Now he's staring down the barrels of a football program seemingly in free fall, a pending baseball coach hire at one of the few places it's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when he took the job, our take was, well, you know, he's in a pretty good spot. He can focus on NIL and, and uh, like, Aesthetic changes as opposed to anything uh, like anything hard hitting. And now here he is. You still think Florida might come open at the end of 2024, especially with how Florida gets bullied in their losses, embarrassing versus Georgia, how they imploded. Five and seven, six and six, or something else. I think the result of the Egg Bowl is going to determine a lot about our net. We've seen it affect multiple bad coaches in the past. If he beats Ole Miss, he'll save his job. 100%. If he beats Southern Miss and beats Ole Miss and goes to a bowl game, he will keep his job. 100%. He will. 100%. Guaranteed. Feels like the first to 20 to 24 points will be the one who wins for A&M Ole Miss. You think a low-scoring game. I hear you. A&M's D-line will cause problems for Ole Miss. I agree. A&M's a game that you've had circled for Ole Miss all year. As much as we bag on Jimbo, he's loaded with talent at a much as much as any roster and seems to get them up for the big, big games. See his games versus Alabama. Probably rolling in with a little bit of confidence uh, as well in this one. Lane has had his number for whatever that's worth uh, lately. But, yeah, it's um, – the, the the talent is the thing that that holds you on uh, for sure. I mean, they're good at tight end. They're really explosive at wide receiver. I don't think that they protect well, though. That That's one issue. They really don't protect well. And Ole Miss obviously gets after the quarterback pretty well. So that's, that's something there. But uh, which offensive line protects the quarterback better uh, will be the key to this game. That's the key to most games, but especially in this one, considering what A&M has up front and how – A&M has struggled protecting Johnson slash uh, quarterback in general this year. Could I even imagine what Kiffin would have done with DK, AJ, and Dawson Knox? Oh, God. Oh, man. One of the – I mean, they would be like 
they would have been like LSU 2019 fighting for the best offense in, in the history of, of college football is what that would have, that would have been like. Crew, Luke, Moorhead, and Leach were all dependent one way or another on the Egg Bowl for either getting slash keeping their job or being fired. Yeah. Early line in Ole Miss and A&M was what? Four and a half, I believe, is what the, the line was. Let me see. I'll uh, I'll pull it up just to be sure uh, for you. We can look at those quickly. By the way, no stream on Tuesday night. It is Halloween, and so we will be we will be trick or treating on uh, on Tuesday night. So no stream Tuesday night. Uh, I will do something. I will record some kind of video on on Tuesday night. But yeah, no uh, no live stream on Halloween because are you kidding me? So A&M Ole Miss is four and a half in favor of Ole Miss. Alabama LSU is Alabama minus four at home. And for what it's worth, Georgia, Missouri, Georgia is a 16 point favorite over Missouri. Almost a week until basketball season. The Pelicans are two and oh, what are you talking about? But yeah, no, exciting, uh, exciting times around here for, uh, for sure. Basketball is going to be fun here. You were really wanting Hudson to get that touchdown there on the overthrow by Jackson. Yeah, he missed a few. Uh, what wasn't his best uh, yesterday or or any anywhere close, and he still completed, what was it, like 67% of his passes. So his bad games are still, like, not bad. He's He's elevated himself for sure, but definitely not good enough last night. But it was Vanderbilt, so it uh, it worked out. Does anyone know if Xavier Harris is likely to be ready this week and going forward? Yeah, interesting that uh, he wasn't able to go. I just, I mean, I guess we don't know exactly when the uh, the head injury occurred, right? That's what it is. Uh, he was in protocol. Um, so if it happened at any point last week, timeline suggests that he should be ready for Saturday. But that's without, that's with knowing no details at, uh, at all. What leads you to think? Ole Miss can beat Georgia's that the coaching staff has experienced, especially Pete Golding. He has faced Georgia four times in his career at Alabama, which makes you think that he knows what to do. Georgia is a playoff game for Ole Miss. I agree with that, actually. And you still need help nationally, but 11-1 and SEC team, uh, very unlikely for them to get left out of the playoffs unless there is just uh, kind of chaos, which that's been this season. I mean, you'll have the winner of Ohio State-Michigan – if Florida State runs the table in the ACC, if Texas runs the table in the Big 12, if Washington runs the table in the Pac-12, and there it is, you know. So you need a little bit of chaos. Root root for Florida State losses. Root for Ohio State and Michigan losses. Root for a Texas loss and an Oklahoma loss and um, a Washington loss and another Oregon loss. Root for that kind of stuff. If you, re- if you really want to make it happen, that's how it, that's how you make it happen. Depending on how things are with Dr. Keenum, everything else is different now. If he wants to come back on, I'd give the keys back to Mullen and don't look back. Could be worse. Would he be willing to recruit in this era, though? I mean, it's it's harder than ever to to roster build and recruit and maintain a roster. Would he be willing to do what it takes to do that? You're not falling into the camp of Ole Miss beating Georgia until you actually see it. Such a tall order on the road. I'm with you. I am uh, I'm 100% with you. I, that's just, that's not, I, I'm going to say it for the next two weeks because for some reason a, people are just looking right past A&M and onto Georgia. You, you hope the team doesn't do that, but yeah, that's that's not realistic. Free shot, that's what I'll say. Hail dear old state, our version of Freebird is better than Auburn's. That's good to know. Access Bowl returning so much from next season and hopefully not dealing with Lane's got to get out of Mississippi. Well, Ole Miss has done everything it possibly can to change the narrative of what the job is. We'll see. We'll see how real it is. Uh, you know, Lane's done a lot of talking this offseason and he's said all the right things. We'll see if it's actually reality this time.
You'd be putting all your eggs, uh, if you were sitting in Selman's chair, in the Mullen basket. You've said for years the haters were morons. The, quote, Lane is number one candidate talk is inevitable. Always is. I have not heard about what has happened with Aishim Young. I have no idea, frankly. Not a clue. If Is Pete younger than 40? Yes. I think he's, what, 38? I, I believe he's 38. Yeah, he was very young when uh, when Nick Saban hired him. He's 39. He's 39. He'll be 40 in February, according to Wikipedia. So, thing is, starting next year, going 10 and 2 is all you need to be a playoff team. Absolutely, which keeps Ole Miss as an attractive place for Kiffin, no doubt. You cringed every time they showed Ole Miss skilled players dunking a basketball on the sidelines. When Judkins tried to do the hurdle, I I said out loud. Uh, get him out. Get him out. He's done. Just Judkins is his night's over. What the hell are you doing? Uh, get him out. And they didn't. But that's what I thought at the time. I have no idea. I don't remember if they said anything about Matthew Perry on uh, on the broadcast. Almost buried Vanny in the COVID season, but besides that, it's been a bunch of meh games under Kiffin, and they've won them all comfortably. Isn't that funny? Isn't that funny? Almost beat Vanny by a larger margin than anyone Vanny has played all season, even Georgia. Did Zachary Franklin get in on Saturday? I, bl- I believe he did. Uh, just didn't get the football. Leopold screams, Michigan, do you? Me too. With Kansas about to get a new stadium, Texas and Oklahoma leaving, you're poised to make great money and can be the big dog in the new Big 12. It's a good job at the moment. I think it's better than State and Arkansas. Can I see Ross canning Jimbo after another Ole Miss loss? I think he'll. I think that'll be done at the end of the season. I don't know if they'll do it any sooner. But Gus would be a perfect hire for Arkansas. Man, he should have gotten Oklahoma last weekend, shouldn't he? Have? He was. He was close. He was close. Auburn people were insane about Gus, but he did kind of kind of lose it there at the end. Arkansas, other than that small stretch in 2021 where they started hot, have not been nationally relevant since 2011 under Petrino. And that, and we saw how that ended. I mean, think about how much has changed since 2011. How, how much has changed since then? The whole landscape of the sport has changed. Then. I mean, everything about it has changed since then. Arkansas is not what it used to be. All, all the people in my business need to catch up to that. It'd be dumb for Leopold to leave for a pressure cooker job unless it's Michigan, Oregon, et cetera, that is undeniably bigger and better. I agree. I do. I I think that this changing landscape in the sport is making jobs like Kansas a little bit more tenable to to stay, and and I like that. I, I, I like that that is a thing that is happening now. Do I think Ole Miss will be better than last year on the diamond? They better be. Shoot. I mean, it's hard to get much worse. They did portal well. We'll see. I haven't really thought much about baseball yet. I know they had a scrimmage or whatever this weekend, but I just I can't bring myself to care about baseball in October. I know I, I probably should, but I can't. AM still hasn't won a road game since before the 2021 Ole Miss loss. Over two years since they have last won a road game. You don't think Kiffin respects Jimbo's coaching? He sure doesn't. He he sure does not. No, he doesn't respect really anything about Texas A&M. Except for the money. He respects the money. The thing Jackson needs to work on is the deep ball accuracy. He can get better there, but it's not as bad as people say it is. It is a low percentage throw. A 50-yard throw is a low percentage throw. They don't get completed all that often. Um Yes, yes, he could be better there, but because he doesn't complete all of them doesn't mean he's bad there. Uh, statistically, his his completion percentage vertically and, and long throws is actually pretty solid. So it's just, you know, people put a microscope on him because he's not Matt Corral. And, and Matt Corral wasn't perfect throwing the deep ball either. I, History will look back at Jackson Dart as better than what fans currently look at him, I think. 
Washington has looked pretty bad since beating Oregon. You don't think they make it through unscathed? I agree. I don't think they will either. Uh, they, they, they are playing with fire, playing with fire too much. Shout out to Will Levis today. He played really well for your Titans. Mayo Man might be the answer. Very impressive debut. They need to continue to give him shots, though, regardless of Tannehill's health. Just go for it. What do you have to lose? It's not like Tannehill's been been good to the point where you, you have to give him his job back. So, Glenn says, you people are unbelievable talking about Lane leaving after the shit show with Auburn last year and you talking about me speaking on it is just as nasty as some people talking about it since it's probably trolls. If you think anything I've said here is nasty, Glenn, then I, I, I got to direct you somewhere else, man. I've, I've, I've got to direct you somewhere else. I mean, it, it's a reality that there are going to be people that are going to try to put Lane's name on a, a hot board when the A&M job comes over. I promise you the athletic or whoever is going to put his name on their hot board. Just, just get over it and deal with it. That That's just, that's reality. I, I, I'm sorry that that's nasty to you, but that's reality. His name. I mean, he's a great coach. People are going to want to hire him and people love talking about him and they love the clicks that his name generates. Uh, it's, it is what it is. I don't think he's leaving Ole Miss after this year. So that many times, but I don't think he's going to stay at Ole Miss forever either. I just, I, I don't know. I mean, just read, read a comment about how his name is going to get brought up in those jobs because it, it, they are, or it is because you've had three off seasons of Kiffin and he's been on hot boards every single off season. That is the reality of, him, and that is the reality of when you have a, a good coach that is winning games. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, man. I, you, you, I, some people don't understand how his name generates engagement and interaction on stuff. Yeah. So I, you, you, you don't understand, Glenn. Because that's why people do it. And anyway, sorry, I'm, I'm spending too much time on this. Um, if LSU beats Alabama and Ole Miss wins out, who wins the West with a three-way tie in the conference? So I think it would be LSU. I think because it would be like down to – Richard – uh, looked up the tiebreaker rules, and it's like down to like the eighth or ninth one. Um, it's something about like, and they said on the broadcast last night that in that scenario it would be LSU. So I think it's it, it would come down to because all all the tiebreakers just still tied, still tied, still tied, still tied, and it's like cross division opponents record or something like that which would favor LSU because they don't have Vanderbilt on it, basically. So you have a lot of establishment, college football fans and journalists. Ole Miss could go 9-3, and 10-2, 11-1, 12 years in a row, and you'll still get people doing that for sure. Ole Miss already hit Haydad's win total prediction. Is he going to pick them 7-5 and five next year again, too? Uh, text text the show about that. I would like to. I would like to kind of see how that how that goes. I mean, they're one winner away from tying mine. They beat A and M this weekend, and they have to lose three straight for me to be right. So, Kiffin's online presence has been huge for getting the Ole Miss brand in front of players and NIL supporters. A virtuous cycle, exactly. I mean that that's that's the. That's the thing with with a guy like him is is you're going to win and you're going to get a lot of attention and a lot of people are going to want winning and attention. I, I I think it's a compliment. Hell, when when the AM job comes open and Bruce Feldman puts Lane Kiffin on that list, just smile and be like, yeah, of course they want him and they're not going to get him. I don't know. I, the Auburn thing soured that position some because that was a lot more realistic than than just a hot board. Obviously, I mean, in his own words in four different articles. 
but no, man. I mean, he's, I don't, I don't think he's leaving Ole Miss this year. I, don't, I think that, that this November is going to go very, very differently than last November, I, I think, um, for a lot of reasons. But um, the job has changed. He has helped that. But Ole Miss has helped that. The, the financial investment is unlike anything they've ever done. Uh, the, the staff investment is unlike anything they've ever done. The fan base is very clearly bought in on NIL and, and doing what it takes from that perspective. And they're going to games and filling up the stadium. Ole Miss with a quote-unquote small stadium is like top 20 in the country in attendance or something like that. They're, they're somewhere around number 20 in the country in fans per game with having one of the smallest venues in the SEC. I mean, by percentage of of butts in seats, I, I bet they're among the best in the country. So fans have stepped up. The administrator, the school has stepped up. And the, and the job, man, go go to another access bowl, win 10 games in two of the last three regular seasons in 28 games in three years, which would only be bested by Alabama and Georgia and the SEC in that time frame again. Um, you're, you're elevating the floor of your job. Your job is changing rather dramatically. So, LSU fans, for some reason, think they still control their own destiny, which obviously they obviously do not. If Ole Miss wins this weekend, anything less than 10 and 2 is a major disappointment. I, uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I would expect it. Hell, if they win this weekend, that's what. Here. Uh, sorry, I'm going to say this because I will end up. Being wrong, and, and you all hate me for it, but if they do win this weekend, I, I would guarantee that they're going 10-2. That, that would be what I would bet on. I mean, I, I would bet a mortgage payment on that. So, Do I expect Jackson to return? I do. You think there's a better than 20% chance he transfers? There's also a chance that he transfers. Uh, that, that relationship has, um, has changed since this summer. So... You could probably squeeze seventy k in Vault Hemingway. Ooh, that'd be tough. I think that would be student section dependent. Keith Carter needs a raise. He's done a hell of a job, and it's not just coaches hiring either. It's the way the department is run, and and some of the risks that they're they're taking, taking as a department. Um. That's what you do when you're. What's what you have to do when your resources are more limited than that of A and M and LSU and stuff. Like you're, you're, you're not at the top in the SEC in resources. So what you do with yours is you have to be efficient and you have to take risks sometimes. And he's done both, man. I'm, I'm impressed by him thoroughly. The, the whole department is, is being run like it should have been for a, a long time. You think beating A&M and then regardless of the Georgia outcome, Kiffin will be looking at finishing the season strong in Starkville as a goal to wash away last year, 100%. And then um, he has said that he wants a huge reversal of last year, for sure. And it, and it helps that they're not particularly good at the moment. Um, but yeah, Access Bowl would be on the brain, and then you would go into an offseason where, uh, quite frankly, Here's what old old Miss's offseason is going to look like because this is college football today. Is is renegotiating some contracts. Um, you've got some guys on your roster this year that are going to be free agents at the end of the year, and you're going to want to keep them. I mean, there's a lot of guys with extra years that that you want to keep on this team, and so uh, you're going to have to get into. Um, you're going to have to re-recruit your own roster because everybody has to do it, including the best teams in college football, have to re-recruit their own players and sign new deals. And that'll be really important because if you look at not just the starters, but the the two deep and basically every position, you're returning somebody. Uh, it, there is a, a real chance that this team is largely in, intact. Um. going into next year. So what's lost in the Georgia game talk is Ole Miss can go 10 and two and win a bowl to get to that 11 for the first time ever. Not something to scoff at. Absolutely not. I don't think that they will lose like motivation or whatever 
um, if they lose the Georgia game because there's still so much there uh, for them to accomplish. So, do I think the Grove Collective gets a raise in NIL if they go ten and two again? Absolutely, absolutely, yes, very, very much so. So anyway, I got to run. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. As always, like the video. No stream on Tuesday. It's Halloween. And so no stream on on Tuesday, but we'll be back Thursday. I'll post something this week, though, multiple things uh, this week uh, to alleviate the uh, the missing uh, missing Tuesday. But I mean, come on, I've got a, a flight suit for the little guy. So. Oh, here's oh, wait, here's one more. Clickbait talking points about Kiffin is detrimental to the players, and you only have to look at last year for the results. They got lost in the chatter, forgot about winning, and went 0-5. Well, they did go 0-5. But it wasn't I – mean, you, you, can, you can believe it or not, but I would encourage you to go read Lane's words in the LA Times outkick in two ESPN articles about that last year. And just, you know, what he said about that. Wouldn't clickbait talking points. Um, so, I don't, but again, I, for whatever it's worth, I don't think it'll go down that way this time. I think his name's going to show up in hot boards because they always do. And I am willing to bet that it will not go the same way. We'll see. But anyway, I got to run. Thank you guys so much. I'll uh, I'll see you on Thursday for sure live. But uh, anyway, see you then. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.